0: I'd like to read to you from Whispers from Eternity. Prayer Demand for Illumination O Spirit, Beloved Father, Oversoul of the Universe, Spirit of Spirits, Friend of Friends, Teach me the mystery of my existence. (coughs) Teach me to worship Thee in breathlessness and in deathlessness. In the fire of devotion, burn away my ignorance. In the stillness of my soul, come, spirit, come. Possess me and teach me to feel thy immortal presence in and around me. Come, spirit, come. Come, spirit, come. So, interesting topic today and one that really lays down the gauntlet to all of us. It has to happen at some point and this is the week it happens. And both of the both of the readings are really laying out for us if we say we want God come spirit come we say those words and we have that in our hearts then those are the kinds of choices that we will need to make. But again, I'd like to say that when I was thinking about this reading, again, I thought about the movie on Yogananda, which everyone loves. And what's the main word of it? Awake! (laughs) And that's really the vibration behind this reading. It's calling to us in the deepest place of our souls, inward. And it's saying, wake up, because life is not as it appears to be. And it really is a dream of God. So, and as Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, where he says that I want to, in even a little practice of this inward religion, will free one from dire fears and colossal sufferings. And so it's interesting. We come to the point on the path where we really need to periodically awake and face up to what we're asking for, what we want in our lives. How will we deal with this? What is it about? How do we ever deal with this? But you know, it's in thinking about it, and I'll just share from what I've experienced of this, It's a gradual process that happens. How do we gain the courage of our convictions? Well, it doesn't happen overnight. (laughs) But Swami Kriyananda at one point said, he said, never forget what brought you on this path. Never forget the feeling of that, the circumstances of your life that made you make a a real choice in your life about taking up the spiritual path. Because this spiritual path, it's about liberation. All the techniques, all of the wonderful teachings that we have, they are geared to, over time, bringing all of our energies together and focusing them so that we can really absolutely be free inner freedom and liberation in that divine light. And so, you know, again, when we do the purification ceremony, I've often thought, you know, people will come up and and say they seek purification. God will never do anything to us. He will help us to do what we want. And we have to desire that divine presence pretty strongly for it to come to us. Otherwise, we're left with normal life. And I was also thinking, meaning not not a a greater awareness, not a way to be free inwardly and subject to dire fears and colossal sufferings as we go along. So Krishna and Jesus Christ are saying to us, "This this is what it looks like and these are the things in the path that you've chosen that can help to alleviate that, that can help to free you. We have all these wonderful stories about children who go leave, that renounce their parents at early ages. I was just remembering this morning about, uh, not Sukhdeva, but um, what's the other? Oh, Shankara, who uh, uh, he was destined to be the Adi Shankaracharya. And so he was the one who went around India reforming all of the uh, renunciate order at that time, the Swami order. But his mission started pretty early on. At the age of six, he told his mother that he wanted to leave home. And she said, no, no, you cannot leave, you cannot leave. And so what he did, because he was already an avatar, he already was a realized soul, is that he threw himself into the local pond where an alligator was, let the alligator get him in its mouth and say, see mother, the alligator, you have two choices, either the alligator will eat me or you'll allow me to go because he needed his mother's blessing or you'll allow me to go and, and be, be able to do what I need to do. And so what could she do? She had to let him go. And so that was... But they said even from that early age, we're talking six years old, he began his mission at that time. So... And for him to be born into that family, the mother, they had to be pretty highly evolved souls. So we're talking about very deep levels of attachment here that we all have... You know, it's not like, wow, well, you have it, and nobody else does. You know, everybody is dealing with these things. And they're things that we really want to, and this reading this week is for this become aware, awake to what we're dealing with, and be real about it. Um, You know, also, I was thinking that in what we have here, and I've said this before, and you know it, but it's real all of the teachings that we that Yogananda brought to America in nineteen twenty were not even yet to a hundred years of him coming, but soon will be, but all of the teachings that he brought and introduced initially. In very interesting ways, find your perfect mate. I guarantee I can show you how to do this. We'll heal everyone who comes tonight. Doctors and and physicians, welcome. You know all of these. You know business. How India and the or the Occidental businessman can benefit from each other. You know all these various topics that Yogananda brought to entice people to come on in. <laughs> You know, to come on in. And he got a lot of uh, response from these topics. He had, as we all know, or many, most of us know, he had thousands of people coming to his talks. 5,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000. Had to have two talks in one night in Los Angeles because of the auditorium was full. But out of that, what he really came to bring was was both what i, I shouldn 't say what he really came to bring he came to awaken America, the West, yes, but america specifically and uh, and so he just did everything he could to awaken people 's interest in the biography of Yogananda it's very interesting, and i 'm not going to remember a lot of these, but Swami Kriyananda names off all the ways that Yogananda approached America because of who Americans were Americans like results you're going to get results from this talk Americans like to do things quickly yes the techniques will work right away you know you know all of this he just he just gave people where they were at in 1920s in America i mean just imagine it was a time of wealth and also surviving World War I, and people were celebrating. It was a very worldly time. And Yogananda came into that, and again, a worldly time, and yet really drew thousands of people that were interested in the novelty for the most part. But even so, there were, as he said and Babaji said, saints waiting to be awakened in this country people who were thirsty and dying because of the rampant materialism of the time and really needed those teachings, wanted them desperately. And so Yogananda came and spread his incredible energy throughout all of America, but also started to attract students. And that was why he bought Mount Washington, 1925, And really, just imagine, he came to America alone. Five years later, he bought property and started a a center in Los Angeles. But from there, he started not only through the touring, but also through having the center to attract students and people who really wanted to live the teachings. And so by that it started to little by little as we know in that uh, famous because it's been quoted several times lecture in Minneapolis where he got 5000 people and Dr. Lewis was saying wow look at this are we have, you know we're really on a roll now and Yogananda just calmly said we'll be lucky if we get 5 students out of these and that's exactly the number they got <laughs> that was the 1920s so um, but but that offering that real uh, offering in a broad way and yet having the depths of our teachings to offer to people so the courage of your conviction I'd say has to come from your own personal experience conviction can only be from each one of us individually having the experience of what Yogananda talked about and what he brought and what Swami Kriyananda built this community on. And so it's vitally important that we practice the teachings and that we incorporate them in to every single thing we do. You know, when Maria Warner was about to leave her body in 2010, um, she said three things to Devarshi. And these are things that many of you here know but I, I'd just like to highlight them a little bit because they really apply to all of us all the time. She said, detach yourself. She died three weeks later. Detach yourself. This is to her husband. Control the reactive process. Live the teachings. And I would say that those things, they are really vital in our time we live in chaos right now. Can you imagine? I mean, what a better time to grow spiritually? There's no choice. you have to. <laughs> you know um, and it's but but the reason that I bring that up even is that live the teachings, want to be alone with God. That is the great one of the greatest gifts that we can give to each other is that we do that, that we show that. and then the other side of it is. What are the results of a life lived like this? Well, little by little, and it does happen little by little, you start to really understand that it's all a dream. It's a dream of God, and things are not as real as they appear to be. People will say that in tragedies or accidents or something. Wow, it felt like a dream. It's because it is a dream. And that we want to really feel... De- detach yourself detached for the purpose of loving everyone for the purpose of feeling that joy and seeing God everywhere in everyone you know Swami Kriyananda and I'll close with this at the end of his life he had in the last number of years he had one a vision and it was in Italy um, uh, where he saw all these people walking, he was walking on a street, a city street, and all these people were walking toward him, passing him. And he said they were the whole gamut of humankind. He said some were mafiosi, that's why I know it was in Italy, because he was referring, some were, you know, gangsters, some were normal people, you know, men and women, children, you know, but all different kinds of consciousness. And he said from that he understood that the only way to love... Because how can you love everyone? And he said, the only way that you can love everyone is to go deep inside and access that consciousness where you see God is in everyone. And all of those souls, he said, are all seeking God. Just like I am. They're all seeking that... Maybe they're going backwards, maybe they're very confused and, you know, looking for what we would say happiness uh, in a way. But they're all seeking. Why? Because every single human being has a soul. And that soul will never let you alone (laughs) until you start to move in the direction. And even then, moving in the direction of that divine fulfillment, because that's the only place you'll find it, is in God. And so, and Swami at the very end of his life, he said, I feel like there's a, a heart connection between all those that we've loved. And he said, I love everyone.